8 in our series in the book of Ecclesiastes. And uh, today we're going to look at the power of words. The words that we speak, they're powerful, they shape our lives, they impact our lives for good or for bad. Uh, our words and our actions reveal whether we're speaking and behaving like fools or whether we're speaking and behaving like the wise. That's the main idea here. Your words, our behavior that attach themselves to our words reveal whether we're behaving like the wise followers of Jesus Christ uh, or whether we're behaving like the fools. Uh, again, the types of words that roll off our tongues sometimes are foolish and sinful and far from God. We've got lots of examples of words, uh, profane words, rude words, arrogant, blunt, harsh words, bitter, sarcastic, jealous, gossiping, angry, critical, proud, careless words. All examples of foolish words that honestly far too often roll off our tongues. And then we also have a different type of words, and I found this was interesting. These words, there's not as many of them. The words that are wise and Jesus-honoring uh, words and actions, kind words, hopeful words, patient, peaceful, encouraging words, joy-filled words, loving, gentle words, thoughtful words, wise, discerning words, caring words. So those would be examples of the wise words that we say when we're filled with Jesus and His Spirit. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 has a lot to say about the words that we speak. And we're going to get there, but before we uh, uh, go to Ecclesiastes 10, I just want to show you what Jesus has to say about the words that we speak. So, locate quickly if you'd like, Matthew 12. We're going to start with the last part of verse 34 and read down through verse 37. Um, we'll put it up here on the screen for you as well. It says this, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Pause. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good things stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. For by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you'll be condemned. The words rolling off our tongues are God's window to tell us what's going on in our hearts. Did you track with that? The mouth speaks whatever the heart is full of. So whatever your heart is full of is going to come out of your mouth. Uh, let me say it a little bit differently. What you and I are on the inside at any given time is revealed by what's coming out of our mouths, our words. What our hearts are full of, whether it's foolishness or wisdom, will always come flowing out of our mouths, off our tongues, 
in our words. Need to remember that. Need to take note of that. That's what Jesus has to say about our mouths, amongst many other things. Locate back in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 with me, if you would, either uh, on your phone or in your Bible, because uh, King Solomon is going to continue on contrasting the foolish man and the wise man. And he's going to say, the words we speak have a huge part of determining whether we're full of foolishness or whether we're full of Jesus-honoring wisdom. Make sense? So what we say has a huge part of whether we're living foolishly or whether we're living wisely. Would you please stand with me if you're able? Ecclesiastes chapter 10. We're going to read the first 14 verses out loud together. Can you remember that? First 14. Rachel will stop when we get to, to verse 14. Let's read together. As dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. The heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of the fool to the left. Even as fools walk along the road, they lack sense and show everyone how stupid they are. If a ruler's anger rises against you, do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great offenses to rest. There is an evil I've seen under the sun, the sort of air that arises from a ruler. Fools are put in many high positions, while the rich occupy the low places. I've seen slaves on horseback, while princes go on foot like slaves. Whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. Whoever quarries stones may be injured by them. Whoever splits logs may be endangered by them. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. If a snake bites before it is charmed, the charmer receives no fee. Words from the mouth of the wise are gracious, but fools are consumed by their own lips. At the beginning their words are folly, at the end, they are wicked madness, and fools multiply words. No one knows what is coming. Who can tell someone else what will happen after them? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. It's alive. It teaches us. It shapes us. It's... Uh, what we align our lives with to do it your way. So thank you for your book, and thank you that we get to freely gather here on this Sunday to worship your Son, Jesus Christ. We're very blessed. Thank you for getting the Haiti team safely down and safely now to Derivo. Lord, might you richly bless them as they share their testimonies and as Pastor Brandt speaks with a translator. I pray that uh, our sister church will be blessed and that our team will be blessed by being there with them. And encourage the, the family down at Derryville. I pray for those specifically right now who are living in the land of fools. Because Lord, the truth is, it's easy to...
to just mimic and follow what's going on around us. And lots of foolishness is all around us. So would you show us, Lord, if we're living too much in foolish ways? Make yourself clear. We're listening. It's not easy for us to see it in the mirror. So, Lord, would you point it out from the mirror of your word today? And like uh, we do every Sunday, Lord, we just want to welcome your spirit today into your church. Because this is your church. It's not my church. It's not the board's church. It's not even the member's church. Lord, we acknowledge this is the church of your son, Jesus Christ. And we welcome his spirit today. We're ready to hear and be guided by your spirit in combination with your book, come and meet us and teach us and correct us and show us, Lord, how to get a hold of the words that we speak. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, Amen. Amen. Psalm 14.1. I suspect some of you... Uh, when you think of fools, you say, I think I know a verse about that. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So the fool is someone who's either an atheist or an agnostic, living life as if there is no God. That's foolish thinking. That leads to foolish words and foolish behavior. So that lets us off the hook, right? Uh, anybody who knows the God of the Bible, anybody who's in relationship and walks daily with Jesus Christ, uh, well, we're not a fool because uh, I believe in God. I'm not saying in my heart there is no God. Track with me here. If you're not walking with Christ, if we're not uh, daily making it the focus and the priority of our life to stay connected, even though we know Jesus as Savior and Lord, if we're not daily walking with Him, it's very possible to speak and live and think as if there is no God. Matter of fact, it's just natural because everybody around us, that's how they're thinking. Most of the people that we work with, that we go to school with, that are our neighbors. They don't know Jesus. They're not walking with Jesus. They're not living strong for Jesus Christ. So I just want you to understand it's very possible for followers of Jesus to behave and speak like the fool. Uh, therefore, this is for all of us. It's not just for people who don't know Christ. Now Solomon's going to contrast again and again in this chapter, wise people speak and act like this. And he contrasts it with foolish. Verse 3, I didn't know this word was in the Bible, uh, but it is. Stupid people, it says, behave this way. Uh, foolish or stupid people, people who are behaving as if there is no God, this is how they speak. This is what their words and their behavior is like. Let's get a running start into chapter 10, okay? 
slide back to chapter 17 and verse 18. You understand the chapter divisions are not inspired. Do you know that? It's all one, one book. Uh, those were added much later. So again, uh, verse 17 and 18 have some good stuff to say to us. Here we go. Chapter 9, 17 and 18. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. The quiet words, the quiet whispers of those who are connected to God, the quiet, soft words of those who speak in alignment with the Scripture are far better and should be listened to and paid attention to instead of, here's what he says, verse 17, the loud shouting, the ranting of the fool who might be very popular. He might have his own uh, radio program or television program. Again, far better to be listening to someone whose words are in line with God Almighty and his book than listen to the fools on social media whose words are contrary to Scripture. Now, here's what I would just encourage you. When, when you hear somebody speaking and their words don't line up with God's Word, when you know what they're saying is contrary to being a follower of Jesus Christ, in your head, think fool. Okay? I, I would advise you don't say it. Uh, uh, but think fool and then say, you know what, I don't allow the words of a fool to get downloaded here. That's what we need to understand. When you hear foolish words in your head, say, that's a fool. Okay? In your head, say, you know what, I'm not going to allow their words, their ideas uh, to get downloaded on my brain. Because that's the problem, is if we're not careful in listening and recognizing foolish words, we start buying in. And we start repeating their foolish words, their foolish ideas. Verse 18 says this, Wisdom, wisdom is better than the weapons of war. What is wisdom? Wisdom is living in daily connection with the God of the Bible. God the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ. In this testament, wisdom is daily being connected to Jesus Christ. And living your life in alignment with his word. That's what wisdom is all about. He says that wisdom is better than the weapons of war. At this time, the weapons of war would have been swords and spears and shields and maybe even horses and chariots. Okay? Wisdom is better than having all of these weapons of war. Today, we'd say wisdom is better than bombs and tanks and machine guns and drones and rockets and fighter jets. Uh, why? Why is wisdom better than having all of these weapons of war? Because, here's what it say: one sinner destroys much good. Uh, in other words, the wise person in speaking God's wisdom, in staying connected to the God of the Bible, give me your eyes, can usually avoid war. 
We can usually avoid making war. He's talking about a king, but it, it applies in our lives. Instead of making trouble and causing difficulty in your family, at the workplace, in school, in the classroom, you can keep going. The wise being connected, you're not going to cause a fight. You can avoid war. But the fool, the one who's not doing it God's way, destroys. <laughs> and war breaks out everywhere the fool goes. Because they're, they're saying foolish things. They're behaving in foolish ways. That's the idea. Uh, fools create war. Wisdom, staying in connection with Jesus Christ, oftentimes brings peace and war goes away. Then we move on. Chapter 10, verse 1. Always want to talk about dead flies, don't you? <laughs> dead flies give perfume a bad smell. I guess I don't normally put dead flies and perfume in the same category, but apparently that was a problem back in biblical times. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. And you're going, flies, perfume, Folly, wisdom, honor. Okay. Uh, here's, here's how I would put it instead. Uh, you, you go to Starbucks. You go to North Perk. You go to Dripworks. Uh, Brent would laugh at me because I have an unrefined coffee palate. You go to McDonald's. That's where I like my coffee. Okay. Uh, anyway, and now they serve it and you start to put some sugar or cream in your coffee and you see a big old fly floating in there after they just gave it to you. What you gonna do? Uh, he won't drink much, I'll just, are you gonna do that? I doubt it. Most of us are gonna quickly say, excuse me, but you gave me a little extra protein, uh, I'd like a new coffee. Why? Because as far as you're concerned, that dead fly floating just ruined your coffee. Uh, you could, this applies to a bowl of soup. You're in a nice restaurant, you order a, a nice bowl of soup and it's got a big old fly floating. Are you just going to scoop him out and just go ahead and eat? Probably most of us are going to say, could, could you give me another bowl of soup? Or maybe I think I'll take the salad today <laughs> instead. Uh, but we're, we're not going to eat the soup, we're not going to drink the coffee. Why? Because the fly ruined it. Okay. Now go back to verse 1. Here's what he's saying. Be careful, because it only takes a little fly's worth of foolishness, and suddenly now you're wandering and drifting from Jesus, maybe just for a little short time, and now you say some really foolish things. Tracking? And now you do some really foolish things. And now, with just a little foolish, you just wandered for just a little short fly's worth of time, but now you've done something foolish and you've ruined your reputation. Does that make sense? Suddenly now, this little bit of foolishness, this sinfulness, can mess up your life big time. Be careful, because foolishness can do some big time damage, is what he's saying. Verse 2. The heart of the wise inclines to the right. And several commentators said, why hasn't the Republican Party picked up on that? I'm not sure. Uh, it should be like their head slogan, but that's beside the point. But the heart of the fool to the left. 
Even as fools walk along the road, they lack sense and show everyone how stupid they are. <laughs> okay. In the ancient world, let me give you a little, uh, this is time to talk about flies and, uh, well, right hand was your, was your hand of honor. Biblical times, this was the shaking. If you were going to shake hands, you did it with the right hand. You didn't always have a spoon or a fork, so if, if you didn't, that was usually for special occasions. Otherwise, uh, you'd eat your meal with your hand, okay? But you'd always use your right hand because that was the clean hand. Do you understand? That was the honorable hand. The left hand, ancient times, okay, I'm sorry, but it's true. Um, they didn't have McDonald's to stop at, who have the nice bathrooms or go in. So you didn't have places to go. You didn't oftentimes have toilet paper. So let's just be blunt here. The left hand was your wiping hand, okay? So suddenly now you understand why the left hand is not so honorable, but the right hand is the one that you shake and you greet people with and you eat with, okay? Make sense? Now suddenly going right or left, right hand, left hand, it makes a little more sense. He's asking, are you going to live a life that's clean and honorable? Or are you going to use your left hand and live a life that's dirty and sinful? The fool. He's making a contrast here. Verse 3, the fool reveals where he's at. How? <laughs> he's got foolish and reckless words and foolish and reckless behavior. Everyone knows and sees the fool and his foolish behavior. Why? Because the fool lives as if I'm the king of my own little universe. There is no God, or if there is, I'm not living for him today. The fool lives as if he's indestructible. I, I, can, I can do and say whatever I feel like. He lives like he's big and like he's powerful but everybody knows the fool's actually tiny and puny. Verse 4 says, everybody sees it except for the fool. Verse 4. If a ruler's anger rises against you, do not leave your post. Calmness can lay great offenses to rest. Okay, at this time, talking mostly about the king... But this applies to anybody who's your authority. Track with me, now you're before the king, the judge, the sheriff, your boss, the state trooper who just pulled you over. You understand? Okay, now, now you don't think that you did anything wrong, and you're pretty sure that whatever this authority is saying is wrong. You're, you're, you're tempted to blow up and return fire and yell at the authorities because you think they're behaving foolishly, and perhaps they are. But he's saying, verse 4, calm down, <laughs> breathe, fire up an arrow prayer if you need to, probably do, ask the Lord to help you to speak wisely and calmly and with respect. He's saying... We live in a foolish world where oftentimes we can't just run away from fools because they're everywhere. 
even in places of authority. So make sure you live how to wisely live in a world full of fools. Because there's lots of people around us who aren't living for Jesus. They don't care about God's word. They're living in foolish ways. We need to learn to live wisely with foolish people. Verse 5. There's an evil I've seen under the sun, the sort of evil that arises from a ruler. Fools are put in many high positions while the rich occupy low ones. I've seen slaves on a horseback while princes go on foot like slaves. Here's his point. <laughs> in Solomon's day, he's looking around and he's saying, lots of foolish people are in places of authority. They're, they're in really important jobs. Are you ready? 2019 things haven't changed. Lots of, lots of people are adored and respected and applauded who do really foolish things. And, and he's saying, I, I've looked around and we live in this crazy, stupid, foolish, maddening world where people are doing things on YouTube, Instagram, and they're followed by millions, and they're making insane money, and all they're doing is saying foolish things. And they're, they're doing foolish behavior, and everybody's saying, wow, that is so creative, that is so wonderful. And I'm talking politicians, reality TV stars, Musicians, I could just keep, it, it's everywhere. People are exalted. And he's saying, it's like you've taken someone who knows nothing and put them in a place of celebrity and, and, and respect. And everybody says, isn't that wonderful? And Solomon's point here, it's not unusual to see prominent people in positions where they're talking and behaving like fools. And everybody thinks it's great. <laughs> and he's saying, I don't think it's so great. <laughs> it shouldn't be that way. Verse 8. Whoever digs a pit may fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall may be bitten by a snake. Whoever quarries stones might be injured by them. Whoever splits logs might be endangered by them. If the axe is dull, its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. The snake bites before it's charmed? <laughs> You're not getting paid, buddy. Okay, he's talking about foolishness on the job here. Okay, and he's trying to teach us, be careful on the job. Workers, if you're not careful, Myron, they fall off ladders. They fall into holes. Um, workers can be bitten by snakes or dogs or wild turkeys at church, if you're not careful. <laughs> Just added that one in right there, okay? Workers can be injured at work by stones or wood falling on them or not doing the job that you were hired to do. Here's his point. Be careful. Don't be foolish on the job. Work smart. Work wise on the work. Whatever your job might be, make sure you're working wisely. Make sure that you get connected to Jesus 
and stay in alignment with God's word when you're on the job. See, sometimes we like segment things. Well, this is my spiritual life, so now I'm full of Jesus, but now this is my work life, and, I, and he's saying, no, no, that's foolish. Get connected to Jesus when you're on the job. It's important. You'll get hurt. You'll hurt others. Verse 12. Words from the mouth of the wise are gracious. But fools are consumed by their own lips. Let's just stop right there. We'll go to verse 13 in a moment. The words of a wise man walking daily with Jesus in alignment with God's word, they do other people good. Okay? They're gracious. They're encouraging. They make a difference. Words are powerful. And every one of us here have been shaped by the words that have been spoken to us, whether that be good or whether that be bad. But then look again, verse 12, but fools are consumed by their own lips. And I get a picture in my head of a pair of lips just eating somebody up, right? Uh, but what he's saying here is if we're not careful, our words, sinful, rebellious, critical, gossiping, not truthful words, they'll consume our lives. They'll burn our lives up, is the idea. If you're not careful, your words will consume your marriage. If you're not careful, your words will consume and burn your children and your grandchildren. If you're not careful, your words can just destroy your career, your job. Everywhere you go, words can consume you, can leave your life destroyed in ashes, if you will. Fools get consumed by their own lips. Verse 13. At the beginning, their words are folly. At the beginning, their words are folly. At the end, they are just wicked madness. Have you ever noticed people start off sometimes they're just a little silly, a little goofy, a little off color, and now suddenly, slowly, it keeps drifting and getting stronger and more foolish and more profane, and the edge is a little sharper. That's what he's talking about. It starts off small, but it just keeps growing and growing. Verse 14, and fools multiply words. They say a few, and then they got to say more, and they just keep talking. No one knows what is coming. Who can tell someone else what will happen after them? Hmm. Our words, they're, they're powerful. Never considering the consequences. And he's saying our foolish behavior does affect our presence. There are consequences, just like Jesus says, to our words. Our words and our actions reveal whether we're living like fools or whether we're living like the wise who honor and adore Jesus with their lives. Our words and the behaviors that flow from our words 
reveal whether we're living like a fool or whether I'm living like someone who's wise and pleasing to Jesus Christ. Now, I want to close by offering three, let's call them uh, helpful ways to get control of our words, of our mouths, okay? So here, here we go. How do we get our words under control? How do we not speak and behave like a fool? First, here we go. Start paying attention to the words that you're speaking. That's what Jesus has said. That's what Solomon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says. Start paying attention to the words that you're speaking. And as you listen to yourself, and we don't normally do this, are my words filled with sarcasm? Are my words filled with fear and anxiety? What kind of words am I speaking? Start paying attention to our words. Because it'll tell us, is your life right now, is your heart filled with Jesus and His Spirit? Or is your heart and your mouth filled with foolishness? And I would argue that's our old, sinful, selfish natures. And uh, that's just the way every day it wakes up. Foolish, sinful, selfish. That doesn't take any work. Paying attention takes effort. Jesus tells us, Solomon says, words are a window to our hearts. So here's the first thought. Jesus, would you help me to start paying attention to my words? Because they're powerful. My words matter. My words make a difference in all of my relationships. So would you help me to start paying attention to what kind of words are coming out of my mouth? Second uh, idea to help us get control of our words. Enlist somebody to help pay attention with you. Find somebody around you, family member, friend, who will notice the condition of your words. And don't just assume that they know that you've given permission, because they probably know better than to say anything. No, you need to say, hey, would you start helping me pay attention to what kind of words are coming off of my tongue? And, and please don't just holler out, fool! Because <coughs> that's probably not going to help. Uh, but if you could, just ask me, what type of word do you think that was? Or what kind of words did you just speak? Ask me a question that will make me answer, what kind of words am I speaking right now? Enlist the help of somebody around you and invite them to help you to start paying attention. Because I'm saying, I'm telling you, for us to do it ourselves is really hard. Because <laughs> we just talk so much, it's hard to pay attention to our own words. Number three, uh, I shared this seven years ago when we were in a series called Tongue Trouble, and it still has proven to be true. Um, I'm going to offer you the prayer that I pray, I think, as much or more than any other prayer. Okay? What, what prayer is that? Psalm 141 in verse 3. And I, and I 
pray this a lot. Lord Jesus, set a guard over my mouth. Lord Jesus, keep watch over the door to my lips. Now, first of all, it just reminds me, have I spent time with Jesus? Lord, have I taken time to invite you to come and rule and reign and sit on the throne? I'm going to slide over you, come drive. That needs to happen first, but then, and now, right now, I'm about to enter out into life right now, Jesus. Would you set a guard over my mouth? Would you set, keep watch over the door to my lips? Here's what's interesting. My spiritual gift, in case you didn't know, is words. <laughs> Preaching, teaching, um, working with teams here at uh, Walloon Church. And that's my spiritual gift. And yep, that's my strength. Any guesses what my greatest weakness is? Yep, it's words. By far, I get myself into trouble the most with words. So what's your spiritual gift and your greatest strength is often, when it's in the flesh, your greatest weakness. So I need all the time, Lord, help me to filter and strain my words. I don't want to be harming and injuring the people around me. I need you to take charge of my heart. And Lord, in doing so, you're going to take charge of my mouth, Jesus. So uh, as we close today, I want you to, to practice this prayer with me. Ready? Here we go. Lord Jesus, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Okay, now the rest of you, would you join in? Here we go. Lord Jesus, set a guard over my mouth. <laughs> Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now tell somebody right next to you. Go ahead. You've learned it now. Go ahead. Lord Jesus, here's my prayer. Yep. Yep. Well done. Now if you can just hold on to it, get it down on the hard drive of your mind, uh, download it on your lips. Lord, help us. So three steps. You ready? First, start paying attention to your words. Why? It's a window to what's really going on in your heart. Second, invite others to help you pay attention to your words. Third, start praying, Lord, set a guard over my mouth. <laughs> Keep watch over the door to my lips. Lord, this really matters because words are powerful. And words shape us either for good or bad, and the words I speak are going to shape the people around me, either for the good or for the bad. Let's pray together as we close. Lord, would you speak right now? We're listening. Probably most of us need to do this a whole lot more, just to pause and listen, and if there's anything that we've talked about this morning that we need to grab a hold of. Would you make it clear even right now?
Is it possible Jesus is saying too many words have been flowing out of my mouth that are honestly in the category of foolishness? Angry, impatient, fearful, careless words. It's the Lord saying, you know what? It's time to start taking control in my strength and my power of the words that I'm speaking. Lord, help me to start paying attention. Help me to start listening and determining was what I just said, was that foolishness or was that wise Jesus honoring words? It just came out of my mouth. Is it time to enlist somebody nearby to help, help you pay attention? Invite them. What do you think those kind of words that you just said were? Are you willing to even memorize one verse? Psalm 141.3. Lord Jesus, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door my lips. Anyone say, Lord, you've been talking to me this morning and by your grace and your power staying connected to your son Jesus, I'd like to see my words be mostly in the wise category this week. You might just say, Lord, you're talking to me and I've heard from you. Yeah. Speak, Lord, and uh, do wonderful things. Your power has the, uh, the victory over our words and our tongues. Maybe you're here and Psalm 14.1, the fool has said in their heart, there is no God. Maybe the truth is, the wise thing for you today is to say yes to Jesus. I want to be wise and say there is a God there is a Savior and a King, and His name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus, I need you to be my God, my Savior, my King. Today I want to give my life to you. I want to step into living wisely. And to live wisely begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Anybody say, you know what, I need Jesus Christ front and center, Savior and Lord of my life. Right where you're seated, I got good news. Jesus, I believe you are the King. You're the one who took on human form. You lived a sinless life. Therefore, alone qualifies to take my place on the cross. To take care of my greatest problem. I'm a sinner and only your shed blood is the cure for that problem took my place in the tomb. Early Sunday morning, Jesus, you victoriously arose from the dead. Those are the facts. Jesus, I believe those facts for me. And by faith right now, I receive you as my Savior, my King. That's the wise choice. That's where wisdom begins. I say yes to you, Jesus. Come take charge. I'm yours. I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. No turning back. Thank you, Lord, for being King and Lord and Master even of our lips.
It's in Jesus' name we pray.